Fine, you want me to talk about it, I'll talk about it. But first, we gotta watch it. So that is Veronica Shaw, AKA Chef P. And no, despite what it looked like, she did not give out a food moan because she put Pepto on her burger, but rather she was putting on pink sauce. It's apparently a sauce she created. It's taken TikTok by storm. And so it's also been met with a fair share of mockery and scandal. But where I'll start is that the sauce was released for $20 on July 1st at 11, 11 AM. With that apparently being important because it's a so-called angel number and it's a recurring pattern in Chef P's products. And instantly before this sauce was even available to the public, there were issues and criticisms. You had things like there being errors on the bottle and people saying, why does it have 444 servings. If that's accurate, that's not a condiment, but a better way to kill someone. Though, Chef P later clarified that the bottles had 444 grams per container, not servings, and that would be fixed. But, you know, with this, you had a number of people going, okay, if you're, if you're already messing up just at the basic stuff, the food safety label, what else is gonna go wrong? So people started kind of pointing more fingers. You had people noticing that the color of the sauces seemed to change from neon pink to more of a pastel color. With Chef P initially claiming that it was just the lighting, but then later admitting that it was an intentional change in adding. When you put too much dragon fruit inside of the, you know, it makes you poop red, it's like if you eat too much beets. So I didn't want people like, oh, my shit is pink. But then you also had possible food safety issues. Where reportedly around 50 customers complained that they had received sauce that was open and smelled rotten. With Chef P quickly taking responsibility, saying that the mistake was in how she packaged the product in a bag instead of a box, which allowed the bottles to get smashed. But then combined with earlier videos that seemed to indicate it was made with mayonnaise or that the product label said it had milk, raised concerns about the product's shelf stability. Although Chef P claimed that it was dried milk, which is shelf stable. But you know, the big elephant in the room, and maybe you're kind of catching on here, is that you had a lot of people going, is she just dodging food safety regulations. And this is something she actually addressed in a live video after one user asked if she had FDA approval saying, I don't sell medical products. The pink sauce is not a medical product. The pink sauce don't contribute to your health. I never said that. Did I? With users then quickly mocking her answer saying, hey, the F in FDA stands for food. But here's the deal, she's not completely wrong. The FDA does not approve food items before they're made, only additives. But critics were still half right because the FDA requires that facilities that make these sauces register with the agency and follow strict rules and guidelines. And right now it's unclear and based on the description of her small team and operation, unlikely that she meets those rules. And looking into this further, cottage food regulations in Florida, which normally allow for small homemade businesses to make shelf stable products without a license, also don't protect her. And that's specifically because she's making sauces and condiments which are prone to not being shelf stable. So it's very likely both at the state and federal level that she's gonna have to deal with regulators. And for her, this is kind of the, the good thing, bad thing about going viral online. You're like, holy hell, I could make a ton of money from this, but you're instantly launched into the spotlight. While most people say there is no such thing as bad attention when the government is involved, yes, there can be. And if all this was really done haphazardly, like th this could get bad. And I mean that both on health and legal fronts. Right? I mean, whether intentional or not, if you're dodging food regulations, those are meant to keep people safe. And so far, a few people have claimed that they've gotten sick from the sauce, but I, I gotta say that's hard to verify. And honestly, now, especially with the spotlight on her, she'll be lucky if it's only a handful of people saying they got sick from this. Like this could get really bad for her because this isn't just a viral on the internet thing. You like you have uh, mainstream outlets like Forbes covering this now. But you know, the, the final thing I'll say here, and I think it is key, is that while I can't guarantee what ping sauce will do to your insides, I can guarantee that if you get in on this brand new beautiful bastard drop, you will not get food poisoning from it. And I mean that for all our offerings, whether it be from getting 
using our exhausted hat, shirt, hoodie, or tank. And the same goes for our beautiful bastard gear. So grab some while you can, because I want to be on your body. That's no, that's not the slogan. What I meant to say is I'd like some of my stuff on your body. That still, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Then over on the text line, which you should definitely join, I had a number of people ask me to talk about the Logan Paul situation. All right, if you don't know, the massive online creator and now member of the WWE in some hot water, but also a lot of people supporting him as well. And this is because he went online and decided to share a hot take, writing, nope, is one of the worst movies I've seen in a long time. I love Jordan Peele and Kiki Palmer can act her ass off, but this movie is objectively slow and confusing with stretch themes that don't justify the pace. A thread. And it was a long thread. Yes, keep scrolling. It, he says a lot of words. With him ultimately closing, I love Peele, the VFX, and aesthetic, but my thesis is this. I can feel him attempting to recreate the shock from Get Out and Us. Mystery, violent allure, and cinematic choices made for the sake of reaction instead of legitimate contribution to the storyline killed this movie for me. Now, in response to this, while you had a fair share of people going, yeah, I agree with a number of the points that you made, though I did see some creators that did that getting flamed hard, with people pointing to and making arguments about their content, a big part of the reason this became a story was all the backlash. And some of it, not even backlash, it was more kind of mockery. People posting things like, Logan Paul is really talking shit about Jordan Peele when this is his filmography, as well as more thoughtful critiques like, so you're telling me the movie's very clear commentary on spectacle and the lanes people will go to capture it was totally missed by Logan Paul, the guy that vlogged himself and his friends laughing at a dead body in the forest in Japan. The irony is beyond cosmic. And to that point, I, I can't really say much without spoiling the movie, so I just have to kind of let it be. But yeah, the seeking and showcasing of spectacle for more attention or money in the face of, of doing the common sense thing that is a, that's a big theme. Which is why, once again, so much of the online reaction was referencing Logan Paul's past. Though, to that point at the same time, you had a number of people pushing back about that, saying, you know, he's a different guy than who he was then. Now, as far as the movie, personally, I'll say I watched it. It is not the worst movie I've seen in a long time, but in my opinion, it's not as strong as Get Out or Us. I still enjoyed it. I think it did very, very interesting things. I think the third act was a little messy. And yeah, the first half is slow, but I agree with Jeremy Johns. I think it does eventually pick up, and as long as a movie does pick up and it doesn't become slow, that can be fine. But I also go into movies like wanting to appreciate it. Like a movie has to be very bad for me to be like, fuck this movie. But also, I will say the internet's kind of just a fucking crazy place. I actively do not share my opinion about video games and movies because motherfuckers are crazy. Like, do you remember after The Last of Us 2 came out and like if you publicly said you like that game, people acted like you called them a slur? Like, motherfuckers are crazy and after two decades of the internet, I just, I don't have it in me to fight with strangers on the internet for no reason. It's just a lose-lose situation. I already regret even talking about this. But ultimately, how I want to end this story is, you know, just note that most of this is pointless. I get why there was a big reaction. No one likes it when someone yucks your yum. But at the end of the day, we're talking about a piece of art, like Logan Paul's opinion and people that didn't like the movie, their opinions are valid to them. People that love the movie, your opinion is valid to you. It's art. We all consume it fucking differently. Some people love Marvel movies. Some people think they're complete garbage. I'm not going to fight with you because you think I didn't like or dislike something properly. But from that, I want to take a second to thank the fantastic sponsor of today's show, Vessi. And there's really no better time to finally get in on this because it's back to school shopping season. Seriously, Vessi's are my favorite lightweight shoes that are perfect for all seasons because they actually keep your feet warm and dry through the rain and sandproof for those summer beach days. And they're built for every everyday life. Vessi makes 100% waterproof sneakers and snowproof sneakers that are incredibly comfortable, breathable, and actually pretty stylish. They're definitely my go-to when traveling, they're lightweight, and it's one less decision that you need to make when vacationing places with ever-changing weather. You get an unexpected downpour, doesn't fucking matter. My feet stay dry and comfortable all day long. Whether it be for the back-to-school shopping or whatever, you can't go wrong for the whole family with the Vessis, the weekend sneakers with their easy on-off pull tab, and don't forget, they're washable. Vessis are the go-to shoes by my door. I think that'll be the same for you, so go to Vessi.com Franco to get $25 off 
off each pair of adult Vessi shoes. Trust me, you need a pair of Vessis. And then let's talk about the controversial act of ghosting. Right, I don't know if there's a person on the planet that has not been ghosted or been the one doing the ghosting. Right, and for the three of you not familiar, it is the act of just disappearing from the conversation and or relationship. And the reason I'm wanting to talk to you about ghosting is because there's this lawmaker in the Philippines that has now proposed a bill that would declare ghosting or ending communication with someone without explanation as an act of emotional abuse, arguing that it causes trauma as it develops feelings of rejection and neglect and adding, studies have shown that social rejection of any kind activates the same pain pathways in the brain as physical pain, meaning there's a biological link between rejection and pain. That goes for friends and partners alike. Though, on that note, this law would specifically not apply to friends and it would limit the definition of ghosting to heterosexual dating. Because as all my gay friends out there know, gay people don't ghost. Biological fact has never happened. Yeah, it's definitely that and not the built-in homophobia of having to recognize gay relationships. But regarding this bill, as far as what the penalty for ghosting would be, the, the bill doesn't actually specify anything, leading many to call it toothless and mostly symbolic in its current form. But even with that, I just have to acknowledge how amazing it is that some man got his fifis hurt so bad he has introduced nationwide legislation. He's just at home shoveling Tillamook into his face and he's like, I'll show you, Brenda. But I know with this topic, it does raise the question for people of is ghosting really traumatic and how should it be handled? And so because, as you know, I like to overexamine things, I actually found that there was a study conducted by a psychology professor and their research team at Wesleyan University where they put 76 students in focus groups, most of them female, and asked them about their ghosting experiences with the participants giving numerous reasons why they ghost other people, such as poor communication skills, a lack of confidence, social anxiety. Some saying they get scared the relationship is moving to the next level and they're not prepared for that. And others using it to escape toxic, unpleasant, or unhealthy situations. You also have people who ghost people as a more polite way to let someone go without hurting them through a harsh explanation. But that could actually be misguided since the researchers found that ghosting can negatively impact a person's mental health, leaving them feeling rejected, confused, feeling low self-worth and self-esteem. And that in large part because of the lack of clarity or closure. It leads to some feeling paranoid as they try to make sense of what happened. And that's just the short-term effects because in the long run, many reported feelings of mistrust, which they then could bring into another relationship. But notably, it wasn't all bad. You also have half the study's participants saying being ghosted offered opportunities for reflection and resilience. You also had another researcher suggesting that social isolation from the pandemic may have made ghosting more common, saying because of coronavirus, people weren't meeting up with others, looking them in the eyes or talking to them directly. So it became easier to hide behind the smoke screen of text messaging. But ultimately with this story, I gotta say two things. One, still so funny that someone's fifis got so hurt, they were like, I gotta make a bill about this. And two, I'm still personally split regarding ghosting. I think if it's okay or not varies situation to situation. There are times where if you're the one doing the ghosting, you are unequivocally the coward asshole. But then there are other times where you're like, this is a toxic person. It's only, any sort of confrontation is going to make this horrible, if not dangerous. And while you can find so many examples of this, if you want just to pull an easy one at hand, pretty much talk to any female friend you have and ask, hey, have you ever been like, oh, you're so kind, I'm not interested, sorry, and it went horrible. You don't owe toxic people shit. End of story, case closed. And then uh, let's talk about this fine specimen right here, Republican Representative Glenn Thompson. So Glenn is in the news right now because last week he joined 156 other House representatives to vote against the Respect for Marriage Act, a bill aimed to codify the right to same-sex and interracial marriages at the federal level, a bill that Democrats introduced in response to Justice Clarence Thomas making it clear that he thinks the high court should also reconsider the rulings on contraception and same-sex marriage. And as far as why he voted no on the bill, a spokesperson for Glenn echoed the argument made by many other Republicans, saying this bill was nothing more than an election year messaging stunt for Democrats in Congress who have failed to address historic inflation and out-of-control prices at gas pumps and grocery stores. To which you had a number of people responding, hey, look at the price of gas, it's been going and going and going, but then you're kind of just doing what Thompson wants you to do and that's engage in his deflection. We're making it about anything other than voting against making sure that gay people can get married, making sure they're treated as equal people, not second-class citizens. But Glenn was just one of 150 
57, so why so much focus on him? Well, as it turns out, just days after Thompson voted against protections for gay marriage, he turns around and literally attends the same-sex wedding of his gay son, with Thompson's son confirming to NBC yesterday that his father did attend his gay wedding and understand, I would just call it wedding, but we're talking about people and specifically a person here who voted against this specific wedding being protected. And then in the, the face of what many have called an insane act of hypocrisy, Thompson's spokesperson told reporters that the congressman and his wife, quote, were thrilled to attend and celebrate their son's marriage on Friday night as he begins this new chapter in his life, and adding that the Thompsons are very happy to welcome their new son-in-law into their family. Now, with all this, of course, at the same time, you do have some people defending Thompson, saying that if anything, all this shows is that he really loves his son, but at the same time, he vehemently loves states' rights. Right? That argument that it's not about disliking gay people, it's about loving states and their ability to treat someone as a second-class citizen with uh, rights that are not equal because of how they were born. But yeah, uh, that's a story. Uh, I personally think that everyone that voted against the bill is a fuckhead, just so I can make my opinion clear. I'd personally love to think that the bill is not necessary, but uh, the last year has shown us precedent kind of doesn't fucking matter. But of course, that's a story, some of my opinion, and of course, now I pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts here? But ultimately, that is where that story in today's show ends. Thank you for watching, being a part of that conversation down below, subscribing to these daily dives in the news, which if you're looking for more news, I got you covered here, here, and in that description. But as always, my name's Philip DeFranco, you've just been filled in, I love yo faces, and I'll see you tomorrow.